Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Kylie Camps and welcome to the podcast. This space is dedicated entirely to making a difference in the lives of women. I believe we all have a right and a responsibility to truly live our best lives. It all begins with curiosity, changing our thinking and cultivating more self-love. Through thoughtful conversations and shared experiences, I really hope that you can take something away from this podcast. I'm a business owner, a speaker, a sleep consultant, and mum of twin boys. I've also recently completed some training in the cognitive behavioral therapy space, and I'm super, super passionate about the ability that we all have to really improve our days. And ultimately, when we take ownership of improving our days, we're really improving our whole life. So let's get stuck into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 99. Today's episode is a conversation with a friend of mine by the name of Dagan Coyne. Dagan is a lawyer, a mum of two, an entrepreneur, and an all-round great human being. I really wanted to record a conversation with Dagan because to me, she embodies someone who really, really takes whatever life throws at them with both hands dives in with both feet, feet first, often with a skipping rope in her hands, which we'll talk about, but she really takes opportunities and she goes for it. I think you'll enjoy this conversation with Dagan where she shares with us a little bit about her family's decision to move from Australia to overseas and also just rolling with the punches that have happened throughout this global pandemic. I always think it's so fascinating to learn about other people's decision-making processes and just how, I guess, they make big life decisions. And I was fortunate enough to kind of be on the sidelines of watching Dagan make this huge decision for her young family. And I don't know, I just find it really, really inspiring. And so I wanted to, sh- I wanted to explore her story with you here on the podcast. Now, before we get stuck into today's conversation, I wanted to take a quick minute to thank today's sponsor. This episode is brought to you by my good friends at Nutra Organics. I wanted to just tell you a little bit about a new product that they have just launched and it's really, really good. They sent me three packets of it and you might even be able to hear it, but I'm holding an empty packet in my hand because I have finished it that quickly. It is their new vegetable broth with organic red miso. It is their ramen broth. Ramen broth. Oh my gosh, tongue twister. It is so delicious, particularly given how cold the mornings have been lately. I've been having a cup of this first thing and I love it. I've not really been someone who's gotten into bone broth before, 
but I have enjoyed their vegetable broth and this one in my opinion is even more delicious. I love it. It's great for your immunity and your gut well-being. It's got zinc in it. It's got B vitamins. It's a powder that you just pop into some hot water. So on the back here, it says vegetable broth is chock full of goodness. No bones about it. This delicious vegan ramen broth elixir is your whole veggie garden in a cup. With organic red miso for the traditional Japanese ramen flavor and health benefits, containing 14 vegetables and herbs, this broth is also a wholesome vegan stock alternative. It has a beautiful Japanese ramen flavor. It's super satisfying to drink on its own, or it's the perfect base for your homemade ramen. It says, our vegetable broth is naturally loaded with essential vitamins and minerals that when consumed as part of a healthy and varied diet, provide the whole body with immune and gut support. Red miso is made from fermented soybeans and has a long history of use in the Japanese culture for promoting gut well-being. Zinc is an essential mineral for supporting our immune system and also contributes to antioxidant protection. B vitamins help our metabolism, assist with tiredness and fatigue, hands up if you need that, and B12 further supports your immunity. So this is seriously delicious. And I am not a foodie, but I have been, like I said, using this non-stop. I was sent three packets maybe a week and a half ago, and it's so good. I've already gone through one whole packet. I've been using it when I make the boys pasta overnight. And like I said, having a cup of it myself, it's really great as a soup base as well. I really, really like the flavor of it. And if you are keen to try the new vegetable broth, definitely jump over to NutraOrganics.com and you can use the code KYLIEPODCAST, all in capitals, for 15% off their entire range whilst you are there definitely also have a look at the Lover's Latte. It is their delicious hot chocolate, which is so yummy. What else do I love there? I really love the whole range. I am a huge fan of their proteins. I make like a healthy um, cookie dough dessert, which you can go over to my Instagram and find that on my feed, but have a good stalk of the Nutri Organics website. Grab yourself some goodies. Definitely try the vegetable broth the ramen flavor. That code again is Kylie Podcast, all in capitals. And so now I would love you to get to know my friend Dagan. So much for taking the time to have this chat with me today. It's been so good to catch up with you before we've started recording. <laughs> oh, Kylie, I wouldn't miss it for the world. So thank you so much for having me. I've missed our chats. I know Dagan was just saying that she feels like she's only had like half conversations during this whole like global pandemic. So it's really exciting to sit down and have a proper chat. No kids around, like, you know, the half conversations that you never get to finish because they're always interrupted or having to do something for the kids. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I've recorded a bit of an intro. So people have a bit of an idea of what you've been up to. But just for scope, where in the world are you right now and what time is it? I ask myself that almost every single day, <laughs> often like checking my passports to 
double check, but um, currently I am in British Columbia, Canada. It is absolutely beautiful, beginning of summer, so the weather's amazing, all the flowers and plants, everything is just green and bright. It's been amazing. Um, however, prior to that, we were living in Shanghai. We thought we'd come over to Canada for a three-week ski trip and Fast forward five months, thanks to COVID, we are still here. And now normally you live around the corner from me. You are local to, you know, sort of our area. But about a year and a half ago, you guys had a big opportunity present itself and you decided to take this huge leap into kind of the unknown. So can you take us back to that time? Oh, it was... um very interesting interesting year last year um we had the opportunity or even an idea i guess of an opportunity that potentially there was a a dream role for my husband in shanghai um and it was put before us probably even a year prior to us getting the contract so it was there for some time but everything was always dragged out so i guess i didn't really think about it as I didn't really want my type A personality to start planning out my entire life in China and dealing with all the emotions that resulted for that, um, for it to be a false alarm. But then the offer was on the table with dates. And at the time, I was probably four or five months pregnant. So this was early, yeah, 2019, early last year. Um, the offer was for my husband, who's an exercise physiologist and sports nutritionist to take over as a performance director um, for the UFC at their new performance institute in Shanghai. So undoubtedly a dream role for him. Um, But yes, halfway through my pregnancy, I was already extremely emotional, hormonal, and um, just filled with so many different emotions as it was really becoming real. We had to make this decision. Um, That's actually... I didn't really put it out there either as I was scared to talk about it because then it became real and I kept thinking, oh, maybe something will go wrong. There's no way I'm moving to China with two kids. But I came to Kylie, actually came to your door and we had a chat and oh, you helped me out so, so much and gave me the reassurance I needed. Well, I was going to say it was funny like hearing you talk about that because I can remember days we went on a walk and this was before like the offer was properly on the table and we were walking and I think you just told me you were pregnant but it was hush hush and then you said oh you know there's this potential opportunity that might happen for Coiny but you know I'm not going to plan on anything we'll just wait and see and I was like this is kind of a huge opportunity that that might present itself but you were so like oh well if the offer come like you know like you weren't really I guess committed to like you said going down that path of unpacking what life would be like until the offer was on the table and then fast forward a couple of weeks and I think it was like 6 30 a.m you said can I come over and talk I was like yes of course and it was the reality of holy shit this offer's been put on the table and what it could that was- mean like you're pregnant you've got a toddler you've got a house a life a job here and it was just all of a sudden okay how do we process this and i think that was exactly it i had held everything in and ran through all these various emotions but not actually processed it and i just i needed to spill it all out loud so i could grasp how i was really feeling you know it's almost like 
you feel a bit of grief or some fear of the unknown because you're losing friends or leaving friends, I should say, and family. And I had a beautiful dog and house. So I came to you and you let me cry. You let me, I guess, work out in my head what it is that I was really want, wanting, what my why was, and um, just answer and resolve all my own fears and concerns and so just giving me support and providing reassurance. So, yeah, it was a scary time and there was so many what ifs, but my husband and I had always put it out there that we wanted to live overseas. Um, we wanted to try and experience living in a new culture, even just for a short period of time. It was something that we've, you know, written in our journals and we had in our big um, board in our um, office to look at every single day as a goal to achieve. And then when it's put before you, all the fears just start creeping in and you're like, what? Did I, I know I wish for this, but I'm not sure I'm ready. <laughs> mm, and it is, it's massively outside of the comfort zone. And so I guess for those people who are listening right now, if they've been in a situation or perhaps find themselves in a situation where they are presented with this opportunity that has, you know, so many potential positives, but mm. also so many obvious and clear, I guess, potential negatives and resistance, because it's really hard to step outside of our comfort zone. Could you talk us through like that decision-making process? Yeah. Um, I was, I used to laugh when people would say like, oh my goodness, you are like, crazy what are you doing and then I'd somewhat laugh it off being like no it's like this is an amazing experience but then that does sit in your head like am I making the bad decision like what am I doing should we be moving um and did you find that people like people in your real life had big opinions oh a hundred percent almost everyone that we said to they're like why would you leave the beach in your beautiful home and move to China now, the benefit that we had had is that we had been to China previously for a couple of years. My con husband was contracted to um, the Chinese Olympic Commission in Beijing. So I had been to Shanghai previously, but never with the mindset that I might live here one day. Um, but it was something that we were constantly, I guess, people that have never been there or um, have never been to China at all or experienced the culture they were all quite hesitant or concerned for me that like, what are you doing? You're moving somewhere with a high pollution where no one speaks English and you're taking your two kids, leaving all your friends and family. So you do have that at the back of your mind at all the time. But I guess, um, like I said, we'd always wanted to move abroad and experience a new culture. Um, regardless, when you're faced with that decision in real life, it is overwhelming. Um, and again, we didn't talk for it about it for some time because it became real. But finally, we're like, we need to sit down and make this decision. So I guess the question we kind of came to was, why do we want to move overseas? Why do we want to move? And why do we want this job or this opportunity for us and the kids? And just going back to your why, um, you can ask yourself which one of those options you have that responds best to the purpose. So I guess decisions are always difficult when you lack clarity, but by knowing why you want to go there, um, you're able to create that res resilience in a way during those hard times. So that helped us out a lot. We knew that um, we've done a research. We had a list of pros and cons of making the move, not making the move, but it really came down to what's the worst that can actually happen. We're going to 
experience a new culture, make some new friends, have this incredible career opportunity for my husband. And I can be more present with the kids, sharing a new culture, learning Mandarin. The worst case scenario of the entire move was that we do not like living in China and we return back home. So Mm. when you put that into perspective, it all seemed like a no-brainer. It's like, of course we have to make this move. This is so exciting for all of us. And although the kids are young, they're going to be so much wiser and so much more adaptable and resilient and you know, have the cultural sensitivities as well. So it was, it's exciting and um, really educational for all of us in a way. And I can remember, I'm sitting here smiling because it's so nice to hear you frame it that way. And I can remember that morning that you did come over and we were talking <laughs> things out and you were like obviously emotional. You're pregnant. I wasn't very emotional. Kylie's putting it kindly. I probably had like some <laughs> scare running down my cheeks. <laughs> no, you were amazing. And I I so miss having you close by. It's, it's, so, it's so nice knowing that you're around the corner and like another early riser. And, anyway. <laughs> and what time was it? It must have been really early. It like, like 6.30 in the morning. It was early. <laughs> yeah. But that's all good. But and I can remember saying to you because at that time it was very much – the offer was just on the table. So many people in your life were like, uh, like that straightaway reaction of, no, are you crazy? Why would you leave Pleasantville to go and live in China? And, and, you know, like you've got everything happening here. And we spoke it out. And I remember saying to you, like, Dagan, if you think about Harlan, which is your little girl, for those who don't know, and, you know, you imagine that she comes to you when she's your age now and says, hey, mom, I've been given this opportunity you would encourage her to go and explore it because the worst case scenario, like you just said, is that you go and it's not what you'd hoped it would be and you come back. Whereas if you don't go, you never get that chance to explore it. And I remember that we had a big conversation surrounding like, okay, making choices that we would want our kids to make because sometimes when we're the ones having to make that choice, it's really, really tough. But when you think about it, like, what would I want my kids to do in this situation? The choice becomes so much clearer. Oh, honestly, this is, we were just talking about this the other day, because that was probably one of the biggest, I guess, areas that really held me back or that I was reserved about was uprooting Harlan, even though she was only two at the time. She had a She's quite a shy kid, but she had a couple best friends in her daycare. And I was so nervous to uproot her to a whole new world where she knows no one and most people don't speak English. And it's so funny because my fears were ensuring everything was perfect for the two kids. But at the end of the day, if the tables were turned, it's like, exactly, my parents would so be like, go, experience a new culture, do this. And when you put it that way, it it changes your fears into excitement, really. And I found that myself with parenting, you know, being in all sorts of different situations where it's like, okay, how would you want your kids to act in this situation? And all of a sudden it just provides so much more clarity. So that could be a good question for those listening. If they're having to make a big decision to just ask themselves, how would they want their kids to respond or act in any sort of situation it's such a good way of framing it all I think just as mothers you have such a 
protection mode and everything for the kids. But when you reframe it, it makes things a lot clearer. It does. And so when you made the decision, okay, as a family, we're going to do this, we're going to pack up our house, we're going to (laughs) move to China, talk me through the actual process of, you know, did you guys automatically know you were going to rent your house out? Did you think about selling your house? Like what, what then Uh happened? What were the actual logistical steps? There was a lot going on. It was hectic and I kind of tried to pull the um, whole pregnancy card on a few occasions to skip out on some of the decisions it just became a little much Um, I think when I came to you too I wasn't really able like I was working full-time and I didn't want to tell a lot of friends or my work or anyone until it was definite what was happening because I just felt it was all too overwhelming at that point in time but when it came to crunch time We told all our friends and everyone still was quite excited for us. Um, But there was so much that had to happen. So fortunately, I was able to take some leave from work a little bit earlier so I could, you know, start sorting out the house. To be honest, moving overseas is the best way to declutter. It was amazing. (laughs) I'm like, I was full nesting seven eight months pregnant whatever I was nesting mode I gutted everything I was absolutely ruthless it was like liberating um but I did it slowly and in my own time which was really quite nice and I you know kind of sorted everything which was great but um we're fortunate the UFC were really helpful in providing a moving service and they were incredible so We just took the bare minimum. We decided we'll do a big Ikea shop once we got to Shanghai. Um, Coiny actually had to move there, was it a month or two prior to me giving birth? So he, oh, I left him with a huge task of finding our apartment. It worried me to death because his priorities and my requirements. (laughs) The apartment were a little bit different. Um, But you know what? He did... A really good job. So my requirements were living in a big city, obviously Shanghai is, it's huge. It's it's hard to get around. Most things are, are not in English. So I wanted to be with the two kids, a newborn, a two-year-old. I wanted, you know, a gym in the apartment building. I wanted um, to be really close to a shopping center and grocery stores and good markets um so I had a few things that I needed accessibility basically I needed a convenient location where he wanted to be was close to his work understandable but his work is a little ways outside the actual busyness of the city so I would literally be left in the middle of nowhere with um difficulty getting to any coffee shops shopping all that kind of thing but he did really well our apartment was beautiful had gorgeous light and lots of trees um it I think looked that, beautiful it was so nice and I think that's something that a lot of people would write me on Instagram um being like I can't believe how spacious and green and how many parks are in Shanghai and it's such a beautiful city um, but yeah, we were fortunate to have a really good um, shipping company that took heaps of <laughs> heaps and heaps and heaps of boxes over. Took a few months to receive them in Shanghai, but it was nice to have some normality, I guess, with your belongings or familiarity. Um, then it became the decision: is what do we do with our house? We, my husband and I, built our house when I was like twenty-five. We didn't really build it for children, but we do have that really. 
I guess, strong ties to it being our first home. It's when we got married, all that kind of thing. We, you know, had two kids there. It's a beautiful spot, really close to the beach with a big yard. And we just didn't know what to do. So we decided we would try the Airbnb with it. And it's been incredible. And it's so nice to see other people enjoying our house. And it's also been really good in terms of having a side income. And if we had rented it out, we probably wouldn't be, um, it wouldn't be in the shape, I guess, that it would be now because Airbnb allows it to be clean and inspected every every use. So basically every week, mm. which is really amazing. So yeah, we set it all up for Airbnb and it's been doing really well, save for the few months with COVID, but we're back in operation, which has been good. And that way we did have our house to come back to. So it was kind of our, I guess in some sense, my safety blanket as well, because whenever I got home, the option's always there. Exactly. If I was missing friends and family and needed to get away for a bit, I could. I could book out my house and come home and, you know, see or do whatever I wanted to do. So that was there. And it's been really nice to have that. Um, but yeah, and then we got to Shanghai. Corny already had the apartment, so he had a flyback from Shanghai. Pick up the family, and I think we had 20 suitcases that we took over ourselves. It was nuts. Oh my goodness. But, uh, <laughs> when I look back at the photos, I just start laughing because I'm like, we really are crazy. <laughs> but once we arrived there, in the first couple of days, my husband was really trying to win me over. It was really cute. So he'd taken us <laughs> to a super trendy um, breakfast spot, and he went and found a place that serves amazing coffee, even though he hates coffee. Um, it was really good. He had it. Um, he he knew what he had to do to ensure I was comfortable and happy to start <laughs> off, and he succeeded there. But it really is a really cool city. I call it like an Asian New York. Amazing. <laughs> and so when you were settling in over there, what was it like with the kids? Like, was it total chaos in terms of getting everyone on the same, you know, body clock and getting everyone <laughs> sorted over there? How did that go? <laughs> it was in the sense that when we arrived, we didn't really have furniture. Like, so we're in an apartment. It's a small apartment. There's no balcony. You can't, like, you have to go all the way down the stairs to get outside. So it was hard adjustment, especially when you don't know anyone. And it, oh, it was like 40 degrees. It was the middle of summer in Shanghai. And it's hot and humid. And with a newborn, I just, I couldn't even go anywhere because you could just see the poor kids sweating to death. But, um, it did, it did take a while to really make the place a home, but we did prioritize that. Like we went shopping together and Harlan got to pick up things for her room and make it her own home. And, um, but yeah, there was quite a few nights she was sleeping in our bed, cuddling with us and crying for Moose, our dog, or her best friend, Tia, which was heartbreaking. But thank goodness for technology. We were on the phone with her grandparents, her friends, even her teachers would call. So we we kept her busy, and um, I think it was really good. We just were out every single day exploring so we could learn where we were, um, find our favorite coffee shops, and develop new routines. And um, once we kind of had a routine and flow, everyone was much more relaxed and settled. And, um, yeah, that was incredible. But... Little did we know, I, I'm really good at research. So it's something I 
I would say is a strength of mine but what I did not given your whole law background background. (laughs) I guess I should be right what I didn't research was schooling in China because I was like Harlan's two inhales a newborn I don't need to research school Harlan maybe will go to a I don't know child's play or a daycare a couple days a week once we're settled and happy and everything else but no Shanghai children starts kindergarten at three oh, um, wow Harlan is three beginning of September which is the start of the school term meaning she's five days a week at school <laughs> so that was a bit of a, a shock and um, scary for us at the time but at the same time we knew she needed to be active and to do something so we um we did a trial there and she fell in love and it was just a blessing in disguise in a way because she met new friends really easy or quickly then um she has so is it an international school date or is yes so they're supposed to go to they can go to either a chinese school or an international school the problem is to get into the chinese schools which are significantly less money um she has to be able to speak mandarin which mm. yeah <laughs> That was one flaw there. <laughs> kind of be cruel to send her if she didn't. <laughs> yeah. We had an issue. Best of luck, honey. <laughs> and that was about it. So we had no choice but to go to an international school. And there's there's so many around us. I didn't, I couldn't believe how many kindergartens there are just in our, like, I don't know, three kilometer radius kind of thing. Wow. But, uh, so we trialed a lot of them. And the one that we felt really comfortable in, there's a few teachers from Canada and the U.S., um, and then obviously Shanghai teaches as well. And we um, took her there and she's just, yeah, she's a shy kid, um, quite cautious, but you could just see the excitement in her, like wanting to be there and wanting to play. And every day she just opened up more and more. And every morning she'd wake up so excited to go, which melted my heart. If that wasn't the case, it'd probably be well, uh, not quite the same happiness over being in China as it is now. But um yeah, it was it was really good for all of us because it gave me the break too because entertaining a three-year-old in an apartment when it's 40 degrees is very difficult, especially with a newborn when you're feeding every single, what, every couple hours. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so then talk to me about what happened when corona hit. Oh. Where were you and how has that <laughs> unfolded and changed the, the tra- trajectory of your Shanghai experience? Yeah, so <laughs> obviously 2020 has been a crazy year for every single person in everyone's been affected in some shape or form. Um but when I first heard of the virus, so this is a going to sound quite bad, but Shanghai is obviously a communist country, so they don't allow Google, they don't allow Facebook, Instagram, um, so even my Gmail, I can't even access it there without a VPN, which is, technically speaking, you shouldn't be using there. Um, So let's just say, turn on the TV, I can't understand it anyway. So I'm not exactly up with the current events in China. I'm kind of living in my own little la-la land. Which Oh, your parents would have just been like, dang (laughs) it. So, to be honest, sometimes ignorance is a bit bliss. <laughs> but um, when I first heard of the virus, I was in Shanghai. It was early January, and my brother had called me. And 
he was just going off like you need to get out of China I'm like Ryan I'm coming to visit you in like a week relax and he's like do you not like listen to the news I'm like hmm a few things here and there, but it's hard to get onto. So he was very aware of everything that was going on in the world. And even at that stage, it was early January, it was only affecting like the Wuhan area and a few parts in China. Shanghai was just starting to get a few cases. So it hadn't even really made a dent anywhere else. So I don't think a lot of people were aware with what was to come at that stage. Um, but he's one of those that he knows everything that's going on and he can see in his head what the ramifications will be and what's going to happen. So he kind of put a bit of fear in my head. So I must admit, I was quite excited to be flying out in a week's time. But he was like, you need to go get a mask right now. And it was probably that same day or the day after we have a, um, a IE, which is like a it means auntie in Mandarin. And she's like our housekeeper that comes in a few days a week, which is an absolute oh, godsend. Anyway, <laughs> she was explaining the virus, but in Mandarin. So here I am translating, but it's not quite a direct translation. So I'm getting piecemeal information and <laughs> the words she used... <laughs> I was in sheer panic then. I'm like, I need to go buy a mask because I'm going to die. So I ran off to the shops to buy masks, but it was honestly insane. Like every single um, shop was just inundated with people and they're like tearing apart boxes to find like these masks to put on. So mm. I was like, okay, this can't be good <laughs> at all. But um in any event, we kind of just stayed indoors for the next few days and I packed up. We were leaving to um, Canada anyway, so I had all the and kids. And was this all four of you? Like, was Coity going with you? This was all of us, yes. So Hale was eight months at the time, Harlan, she's three. Um, and Coiny, we were going for a ski trip. I was meeting up with my brother and his fiance, my sister and her husband, my mom and dad in Whistler. So it was my parents' um, wedding anniversary and their 60th birthday. So we were making it a pretty big event and three weeks skiing and just having fun winter. Anyway, we were at the airport. There wasn't a single person in the airport without a mask on. It was actually quite creepy. Um, and they were making people, you know, stand apart then already. And this is back, this was January 23rd, we flew out. Wow. Um, but anyway, we arrived in Canada and everything was kind of fine. Like we had just escaped what was happening in China and Canada was completely operating as normal. Um, and so you land, obviously I'm from Canada, so you have that comfort of being home, safe, everything else. And we enjoyed a beautiful time in Whistler skiing and having fun. And then it was about that stage we were going back to my parents' place just a few hours away. And um, there was a couple of cases announced in Vancouver region in Canada and then from there it just went downhill um, my husband's work advised us not to go back to Shanghai or to China at all due to their current state um, and asked us to stay in Canada and the EFC have a performance center in Las Vegas so my husband went to work there for the next few weeks while I stayed with my parents. So I was kind of excited, I'm not going to lie, I had extra time in Canada with my family and my kids. And that just never happens. Usually we get a couple of weeks together and we're trying to do everything we can and talk about everything because our time is so valuable and short. So it was really exciting to have that time. 
And then my husband must have been March, and I it was my birthday. I couldn't even believe I was celebrating my birthday. Like we'd been here a month and a half already. Um, still winter at this stage. My husband was flown back because they announced that the U.S. and Canada border was closing, which was crazy. And then that's when shit hit the fan, and everywhere was closing down. Restaurants shut. The salons closed. The parks closed. You know, you couldn't go anywhere. But so, yeah, we were stuck here. And I was so fortunate because my parents have a big house and they have a big yard um, property. So we have lucky that you were there. Oh, I just I keep thinking I could have been stuck in an apartment in China. Like, I don't even know what I would have done in a foreign country where you know I'm usually using a translator app to speak with people. Like, I, I honestly don't know how I would have stayed sane in the process. So I'm, I feel really blessed every single day that we are here. But yes, six months later, I'm still here in summer with three weeks of ski gear. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, been, it's been interesting. I <laughs> bet. Sister and sister-in-law both announced that they were pregnant whilst we were here. So I've raided their wardrobes. <laughs> Oh, congratulations on on that. That's such exciting news. Too, and I potentially will be here when the babies are born. <laughs> yeah, who knows where you'll be. Oh. Oh. So but yes, right, right now all four of you are together. Yes, my husband's working from the house here in Canada with us. My parents actually moved out of their own house. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure whether they say it was you know, like they wanted to go live in their motor home and up in the <laughs> but I'm pretty sure they were over it. <laughs> Just kidding. But um, so we do have the house to ourselves, which is quite nice. The kids have really settled in, they have their own rooms, and it's been amazing. We've again, you know, it takes a little bit, but you develop your own routines and we've been doing the best I we can. The parks have recently opened up again, which has been really nice. So Harlan's able to get out and make new friends. Um, I think that was the hardest, just not being able to really go anywhere. Like we went to a restaurant for the first time a couple of weeks ago and I didn't even know how to behave. Like, <laughs> <laughs> What do we do here? Can I look people in the eye? I don't know. <laughs> wow. But, yeah, we're very fortunate. And so as a family, you've been through so many changes and something you and I spoke about just before we started recording and we were both sort of, you know, catching one another up on our lives. And I was saying that I have realized I do really value a certain degree of certainty and 2020 has just put me on my ass in terms of nothing is certain and not even just 2020 for me, like personally going through a marriage breakdown and whatnot in the last 12 months it's really pulled into question the things that I think are certain and I guess the value that I place on that. And you were saying like you have just had to learn to surrender to those things that are out of your control. And so I guess my question is how have you found that process of surrendering to whatever will be like, do you have any, I guess, sort of tips for other families that might need to, or that might find themselves in a similar situation where it's like, okay, you know what? I can't control X, Y, and Z. So how can they soften and surrender? That's, I have to give credit to my husband here because he is a very wise man. He's one of those relaxed souls nothing stresses him out um and he just deals with things as they come and he's 
he always sees the positive in whatever it may be. So everything to him is an adventure. So staying in Canada, like this is an awesome experience. We get to live like locals. And he just turns it around to make it so exciting that you feel as though it's the best possible outcome. Mm, so, he's, not highly, he's not highly strong or attached to his no, outcome. Not at all. I am like the... I would describe myself as a type A personality, a perfectionist, which obviously cannot exist. But I, similar to you, love certainty because certainty allows me to plan and prepare and follow through with all of that. Be in control. Exactly. But that's not how life works. So you have no choice but to resign to the fact that you can't control things that are out of your control, or it will completely control you. So it's deciding whether you want just to be happy and just, you know, go with the flow and do what you can, because that's literally all you can do, because you can't just live in the fear the entire time of the what ifs that, again, you can't control the what ifs, you don't know what's going to happen. And you have no choice, but to just Deal with it as it comes. And it's never as bad as you think it's going to be. And exactly that. Like, if you think about the worst case, I guess, situation or result, when you actually work it out, there's always another solution or alternative or really positive outcome that comes from it. And it's just, um, I guess, processing it and understanding that, which is the hard part. Mm, so, some, I was just going to say something that I really admire about you as well, Dagan, and knowing you personally and also just from afar watching, you always seem to take whatever you get given and put your own spin on it and find your own rhythm. And so I guess what I mean by that is I know that movement and fitness is hugely important to you, but if one element of that gets knocked out, like if you can't get to the gym, then you're the first person to be like, okay, make do with, you know, make hay while the sun shines. What have I got handy? You know, and you just get in and you get stuff sorted regardless of the environment that you're in. And I find that so, um, it's just something that I really admire about you. I think you're so, you know, that I guess it's born into you that things have to be done a certain way and otherwise it can't be done at all or you get stressed because you're not doing it right. But I just think there is no right, there is no wrong. And it's just doing what you can when you can. And I guess we put so much pressure on ourselves to do too much in my opinion and over time I kind of realized that the hard way as well that I was just putting way too much on my plate putting other people's needs before mine and working too hard to achieve some kind of success that I guess in some sense wasn't really success because you're losing your health and happiness and everything else but it's just realizing that you have one life and you need to slow down and enjoy it because otherwise there's really no point is there so it's working with what you have making the most out of it um getting the family involved and provided you're happy and healthy and you're having fun then that's all that you really need so sounds very cliche doesn't it but it's really true <laughs> Maybe Look, it, wits, i'm not sure <laughs> there's a there's a reason that certain things are cliches because they actually have you know they hold water and they have truth to them exactly. and i think that's really important and 
you know, you mentioned then about spreading yourself quite thin and something I did want to speak with you about before I let you go is one of your most exciting projects. Again, before we started recording, you dropped this bomb that one of your projects right now was just featured in Vogue. So you need to tell us about this. (laughs) Why, thank you. And yes, it was. It was so exciting. So I'm a huge, I think you know this, I, I love to journal. So my husband and I both always write down you know our gratitude journal what we're really grateful for and what we want in our future and it's weird how things pan out like even moving to China I had written down we wanted to work overseas I should be more specific with what I write down because <laughs> yeah. I'm in France but you know <laughs> Shanghai the is- gives you Shanghai yeah. yeah but um yes amongst all the craziness last year so when I was pregnant we had the decision to um move to China I had well Harlan um I also was starting a new business with my um good friend Renee um and I guess that was all the history of everything I have experienced and work that I had um, been part of in the past to kind of come to a head and showed me my real values and what I was wanting to achieve in this world. And um, yeah, we wanted to do something that was making a difference. So we started Ritology, which launched literally a month after I landed in Shanghai. <laughs> a bit crazy, but newborns sleep a lot. It's actually been harder the last six months to get work done than it was probably the first six months when he was born I but, uh, say that and I think that's why oh. so many mummy business like so many mummy businesses boom when we have our newborns because we're like this is amazing they sleep six hours yes. a day look at me go and then they get older Next and you're minute. like holy shit go down to one nap and then they don't have a nap and it's like oh, oh I don't even know if I should be sharing this because it's going to totally ruin my um retology moments here but like I had this huge meeting like incredible meeting about a week ago with um, a big executive in the US um, all over Ritology and they're quite excited with our brand and our mission Um, just speaking of which Ritology so our goal with that is a personal care brand and we're really wanting to um, I guess just reform the way we look at our personal care Um, so shaving for example there's two billion razors thrown into a landfill every single year so I'm a mom that's trying to do my best in everything I do. I'm not perfect by any means, but, you know, I take my keep cup to the coffee shop. I use reusable bags. I try to be a real conscious consumer, but I was using plastic razors. So I wasn't aware of that statistic. So I'm like, that's it. I'm changing my razor. But having really sensitive skin too, um, I was a bit nervous, obviously. So we started testing and trialing all these different razors and shave support products. And I became literally obsessed. Like it just made such a big difference, especially being an avid beach goer. I wanted to have no bumps, no ingrowns, all that kind of thing. So I became really passionate behind it. And our mission is to, it's a 100% eco-friendly razor, which means absolutely no plastic. Um, Even the packaging is all biodegradable and it's a lifelong razor. So it means you can use it forever, um, provided you take really good care of it, obviously. Um, So we're really, really excited about it. And it's a stunning product as well. Like it's it's beautiful. It's so simple and classic. And it like when you when you pick up your Ritology razor, it's got real weight to it. Like it's it It does. It feels like a beautiful tool. And that's it. I love I love nice things, and I I want to feel 
I'm just a huge advocate, obviously, for self-care as well. I think I was always pushing myself to the limit. And like I said, I want to slow down. And I that's something I really am, I value right now. And probably a goal of mine is to simply slow down and do less and be present and just be me. Um, and this brand is kind of representing all of that. So it's showing that you can have beautiful things and quality things, but do your part as well for the planet. So it just has this huge, you know, cycle of, um, of doing good, I guess, which is really exciting. But yeah, so I had this huge meeting with an executive and this is kids for you. So life as a mom of two entrepreneur <laughs> working from home thanks to COVID. I am literally five minutes from the phone call and I find Hale ripping across the floor nude. I'm like, oh, this isn't good. Next minute, I hear Harlan gagging. I'm like, oh no, what's going on? And he has literally Picassoed all over the walls. Yes, it was horrible. So I've had to like literally just turn it all off, look the other way (laughs) for 20 minutes. So I had this. Oh my gosh. Knowing literally this shit I had to clean up afterwards. I also know that you're kind of a clean freak as well. So that would have been so hard for you. Anyone that knows me (gasps) would know my absolutely gritting because <laughs> i'm not good with them you would have just been grinding like your jaw would have been sore so by the end no, of that oh. downer way to end the retology discussion <laughs> no. but i think that's just the reality of it all you know small businesses this is how we operate so <laughs> talk to me a little bit more about the retology business model in terms of it's not just one beautiful product you can also order your razors yeah, so we, I guess we wanted to make anything sustainable has to be, I guess, um, what do you call, like, easy. easy to use in a way and user-friendly. So we started a subscription with the Blades. So people can sign up, you can um, amend your subscription at any time, but the Blades are delivered to your door on your schedule. So if you're getting too many Blades, you can delay the shipment, postpone it, pause it, whatever you like. Or if you need them more frequently, if you're a frequent shaver, same thing, you can bring it forward. Um, so it's really cool. And we always send like fun little little um, gifts or samples usually to our subscribers and they're also a big part of our community so helping us create the next line of products which is really exciting we have some amazing shave support items in the making it's been a lot longer process than anticipated but we really want to get it right and you know everything's 100% natural ingredients um eco-friendly and sustainable and really taking into account skin sensitivities so it has been a work in progress but i'm so excited we should be launching it soon and they too will be available on subscription so they can come out every so often to ensure that you're never running out and always have you know a smooth shave um yeah, we're really, really excited for what's to come. It's been a fun. Super exciting. And can I just ask, how long did it take you from concept, like going, okay, this is what we want to create, to actually creating the physical version of oh, the razor? Way too long. <laughs> so it was, Renee and I worked together for quite a few years and, um, 
in various capacities as well. So we we really had the skill set combined that we knew we could do some amazing things. Um, but we had the idea over probably far too many wines of what we were going to do and this razor that we wanted, because I can't even remember exactly how it came across, but I'm one of those people that has to shave like every day because I can't stand any hair. That's how we bonded, I think. I was like, I I shave my legs every day. You're like, oh, there's another freak like me. I have an issue, seriously. (laughs) But um, me both, sister. (laughs) So we sampled so many different kinds and kept getting custom changes. So it is, it's really hard and there's not a single manufacturer in Australia that would, could get it right or like, or had the facility to create these razors. So it took a long time to get somebody to be able to get to our level with what we wanted. (laughs) I I would say we're both a bit perfectionist. Um, So I tried a lot of razors in the two years and a lot of um, other shave support products as well. Um, And yeah, we had many dates where Renee would come over, either be fully pregnant or even post baby, and we're like still trialing, shaving our legs in the bathtub together. It was ridiculous. Fully dressed, just hanging over it. But seriously, if anyone was a fly on the wall, it would be quite embarrassing. <laughs> well, it's all been worth it because, as I said, it's such a beautiful beautiful product it's so thoughtful and so well designed and I love mine that means the world yeah as soon as you hold it it's it is a lot heavier than you anticipate but I guess that's the whole point of it so it's a single blade and it's meant to just use no pressure you simply just glide it along the legs and I know it sounds silly because it's such an easy concept but it's actually I guess a hard one when you're used to disposable and used to pushing down but if you just glide it like a feather it is the ultimate shave and I honestly I'm really really proud of what we've done because it it's something I look forward to now it's not the chore of shaving it's something that I can sit down in the bathtub be mindful I put an audible on active self-care exactly and I just take my time and tune in to myself I love that. And now speaking of tuning into yourself, before I let you go, do you have time for me to fire off a a few rapid fire questions? Ooh, bring it. (laughs) Okay. We'll, We'll tear through these so that you can get back to your little ones. Number one is what is your go to breakfast at the moment? Oh, okay. So summer right now, I always have a vegan protein shake with a banana and a little bit of granola. It's like, I will have that every single day until it is freezing in the middle of winter. And I literally can't cope without having a shower afterwards. So what's in it? Talk me through it. Do you have a vegan protein powder? Is it a frozen? Yes. So I have I was using the Happy Way one in Australia, but I've been, I can't remember what the one, my husband bought a new one that I've been using upstairs. It's a chocolate flavor usually. So chickpea protein, I put a banana, like 10 ice cube cubes, super boring, bit of water in it, I blend it, and I usually top it off with like a coconut yogurt and then just whatever granola I can find. I am a granola fiend. Yum, it sounds good. Need that Super boring, but yeah, I love it. So good. And what is a guilty pleasure of yours? Oh, black licorice and wine. I, I love. Get that. the licorice thing. I 
I cannot get my head around people enjoying licorice. That's why I kind of love it because nobody will ever steal my black licorice. (laughs) It is safe. It is all yours. And do you have a favorite wine that you drink? I love in Australia. My favorite would be the pepper Jack Shiraz in Canada, I love, it's called Little Engines, The Union, and it is to die for. It's a local wine here too in Canada. I'm glad that you found a favorite over there that makes quarantine. If you knew my mom, I I have um, a good teacher. (laughs) Sally doesn't mind a wine. (laughs) She doesn't mind a wine. (laughs) Now, if you had to choose a friend's character, which character would you be? A friend's character, I would mm. be, oh man, I'd like to say I was Jennifer Aniston, but I am such You're Monica. A, I am so Monica. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes me kind of sad because <laughs> I'd like to be um, Rachel, but yeah, no. Yeah, you're Monica. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. I agree. Who would okay. you be? I'm actually interested. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't know. You'd be a good mix, I reckon. <laughs> I'd probably be more Chandler. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, some of the dance food, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless. Now, what would you say is one of your bad habits or just a habit that you go, oh, that's the worst habit I have? Oh, I mean, I'm sure my husband could list a few, but I'm not going to say any that'll totally ruin me. No, just kidding. But um, <laughs> I'm a picker. I know that's so bad, but if I if I even have a bump on me, I like pick at my face or especially when I'm stressed, I'm a really bad picker. <laughs> Can't leave things alone. No, it's terrible. Why do I do that? And I'm so angry at myself when I make a mountain out of a little tiny thing. <laughs> um, and what would you say is your best habit? Um, I would say I'm a good listener and I'm compassionate, I believe, I think. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I agree. Um, do you have a must-read book that you would recommend for our listeners? Oh, well, I just finished the Audible in my bathtub sessions. I loved the Untamed, like Glennon Doyle's book. Oh, amazing. I literally just finished. I was a bit of a, a late one to that. Um, for parents, I always loved Nurture Shock. Have you read that one? No, That's but I think, is this the one that did Coiny recommend? Um, yes, I think I did recommend it. Coiny put yeah. me on. It's one that I really like for parents. It's super interesting. What's his name? Poe. Poe Bronson, I believe. Poe Bronson. I think that's it. Nurture Shock, but I love that one. Um, And any Tim Ferriss. um, I read, yeah, well, Tools of Titans I read. I read quite regularly even now. It's such a good motivator with um, Ritology and business and everything else. So that's one I pick up and read a chapter and put back down. He's got the um, the audio version of Tools of Titans out now, and it is brilliant it is so is good it? to listen to yeah I'm, he, doesn't to listen narr- to he doesn't narrate it which I was like oh I wish he had because oh, okay. I really enjoy listening to him but it's still the same info and it's yeah it's just one of those audio books that like you said you could just put it on and it gives you like a little bit of inspo or you can flick through it to find a chapter or a topic that speaks to you at that moment and it's a really really good one I love yeah everything he puts out I'm a really big fan of so those are the 
my favorite, I'd say. Mm, same. And what is it that keeps you aligned each day? Um, I would say every morning I try to get up before the kids. I have my caffeine hit, of course, but um, I try to be technology free and really just kind of plan out even just be so sit still in my own thoughts before the kids wake up and the chaos erupts sit there just be mindful and then also plan out my day of what needs to happen what I hope to do um and just preparing my day once I get prepared I feel like I'm organized and I'm accomplished and everything else so that's really helpful um and then at night as well Quenny and I both have a rule of turning off technology at about 8 p.m so we're not on our phones we're not on the tv like we're just present with each other and we're talking and communicating and I feel it's really grounding um and just good for our relationship as well so it relaxes the mind it keeps us close and um yeah, it just allows us to kind of finish off the day without having all the buzz that you get from a screen, really. Mm, so I love, I love yeah. that you've shared those two things, like the, the calm at the start of the day and then at the end of the day, because what goes on in the middle, <laughs> we can never be sure of what's going to get thrown <laughs> our way, but you can control how you start and how you end the day within reason. It's so I love difference. that. Yeah. Yeah, really helpful, really does. Like. Thank and you. Last rapid fire, what is your all-time favorite quote or words to live by? Oh, the quote I've always said is the Henry Ford one. So it's, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. And I love that because too often I think people are wanting a change, but they're not willing to make the change. Um so it's something I really live by. So even when I'm fearful of what's to come or what could come or all the what ifs, I just I think of that and just be like, well, if I want to make a difference, this is what I got to do. And um, it always works out in some shape or form. I love that. That pattern interrupt is so important. Yeah. Yay. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Where can our community find you? Where can they stalk you and get inspired by your <laughs> insane skipping videos? <laughs> yes, I'm a, a skipper from way back. <laughs> um, 34 years old and still my favorite thing to do. It's kind of sad, isn't it? But um, yes, uh, it's no, it's insanely <laughs> impressive. And if you're if you're listening, going, what are they talking about? Go and find Dagan on Instagram and watch her skipping videos. You will feel equal amounts of inspired and inadequate. <laughs> I don't know whether to cry with like laughter or embarrassment at the moment, but thanks, Kylie. <laughs> but of course, yeah, um, Instagram, so Dagan underscore coin. Um, and then our business too is Ritology Daily. So do, yeah, come say hello. Um, and if anyone's interested in anything on the razors, I'm always more than happy to answer any questions too. Awesome. I will make sure we pop all of that information in the show notes. I'm sure that our listeners will jump over and find you on Instagram and definitely check out Ritology because the razors are beautiful and you feel really good for doing your part as well. So again, thank you for sharing your story of taking the leap, moving overseas and just everything that you're managing. Thank you, Kylie. It's always such a pleasure. I've um, really missed talking with you. So it was so nice to catch up. Yeah.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 